0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Jesse the Planist. I'm coming to Only Believe Church right there in Botkins, Ohio, January the 7th at 6.30 p.m. And Sunday, January the 8th at 10 a.m. We're going to have a glorious time around the throne of God. I always start my year off of 2023 right there at Only Believe Church in Botkins, Ohio. I love Peter and Phyllis Dozak. They're just such a blessing of the Lord. Let me say it one, one more time. We will be there January the 7th at 6.30 p.m. on a Saturday night. And Sunday morning, January the 8th at 10 a.m., bring a friend, share a miracle, and watch God do some wonderful things. See you soon. Bye-bye.
1: All right. Well, good evening, church. It's so good to see everybody here tonight. I hope you all had a good Christmas. Everybody have a good Christmas. Faith had a good Christmas. She's back there doing a little dance, so that's great. I had a good Christmas, too. Everybody survived the uh, polar vortex. Yeah, it it was awful. I didn't go outside for like, actually today I think it's the first time I've been outside since it happened. I'm still worried that it's going to be too cold out there. Anyone else? No? Okay. All right. Yeah, it's, it's all right. I don't like being cold. Anyways, we're so glad all of you are here tonight for church. I'm going to be real quick about this. We're glad you're here. If you're a first-time visitor, thank you for joining us. We hope that you enjoy the service and that it's a blessing to you. If you're joining us on live stream, thank you for doing that as well. And again, if it's your first time on live stream with us, let us know. Reach out. Share your name. We'd love to get to meet you and hopefully be able to welcome you in person one day. That would be awesome. And this is powerful. I'm going to hold it way down here today. It just missed me, you know? We didn't have service, and it was like, where are you? Anyways, uh, one announcement, the announcement is this. Uh, we're starting 21 days of prayer in January, on January 8th. And uh, I'm really excited for 21 Days of Prayer this year. I know um, that we've been talking about how it's a little bit different of a method of how we're going to be doing those 21 Days of Prayer. Really want to encourage you to come check it out. It's going to be really awesome. I like the way that they're being done, and I think you're really going to like it as well. But here's, here's what I'm encouraged by. In Acts chapter 12, we find the story of Peter uh, being arrested with the intent of them murdering him. And this happens right after James, one of the 12 disciples who become apostles. He's already been killed. They, you know, they killed him with a sword. And they, they're like, wow, that, that really got the crowd. The crowd really liked that. Let's kill another one. And so they arrest Peter. And so Peter was kept in prison. In verse five, it says this, Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying for him. The end of the story is angels show up, a miracle happens. A miracle that, by the way, is kind of humorous, everyone is surprised by, including the one who got the. Peter is also surprised by it. Like the angel literally leads him out, and he's out in the freedom, and he's like, this must be a dream. And the angel's like, come on, man. Like, and so he goes to the house where the church was praying. He's knocking on the door, and nobody comes to the door but a little servant. And she gets so excited that it's Peter. She doesn't even let him in the house. She runs back to the crowd, and she's like, Peter's outside. And none of them believe it. Isn't that fascinating that the church could be earnestly praying for a miracle and then be, like, completely caught off guard that it actually happened? I just think that's fascinating. And as we go into this 21 days of prayer, that's what I want to happen for us. I want us to just be gathered, earnestly seeking the face of God for miracles and needs and salvations and the prodigals coming back home and all of these miracles that we need to see. And I want to just be surprised when people start showing up the door. Like I got healed. Like this, my son who had walked away is back home again. Like I wanna be just like, what? Let's keep trying this out and just see what God's gonna do. So, so here's what I wanna do. I don't want you to raise your hand because that would be weird. But I want you to raise your hand if you're going to commit to doing the 21 days of prayer with us, all right? I'm going to be here almost every single night. I'm not going to make all of them. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm not going to make all of them. And we don't want to put the pressure on you to feel like you have to be at every single one. But just only miss one. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to be such a good time to get together with our brothers and sisters in faith and see God do miracles because that's what he does. That's what he does. And so we're going to actually worship the God of miracles tonight. If you would, stand to your feet. I'm going to pray, and we're going to worship together. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you that you are a God of miracles. We thank you that we, when we earnestly seek you in prayer, when we lift one another up, Father, you are compelled to move, that you respond to that faith, and you do miracles, miracles that might even cause us to be caught off guard, surprised that you would even do them. So, Father, help our faith to be big as we enter into this new year, as we enter into these 21 days of prayer. Father, help us to just have a higher expectation of what you are capable of doing when your church gathers together and prays. And, Father, we thank you for what will take place. Lead us faithfully into this new year, Father. Help our hearts and our minds and our souls to be completely focused on you. And we thank you for all the good things that you've done this year. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's worship together, church.
2: let sing this out tonight. And when I lift my voice and shout, every wall comes crashing down. I have the authority that Jesus has given me. And when I open, start breaking out. I have the authority and Jesus has given me Shout of praise in this place tonight. Oh, you are faithful, Lord. Hallelujah!
3: Hallelujah! God is a good God all the time. Well, I was asked to take up the offering tonight, and uh, I count that an honor to do so. And my wife always tells me, says, are you going to use Luke 6 and 38 again? And I said, why, absolutely. You got to keep, if you're going to have faith, you got to keep hearing and keep hearing and keep hearing, ain't that right? So turn with me if you have your Bibles to Luke six thirty-eight. It says, Give, and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and run over, shall men give unto your bosom, for with the same measure that is that you meet. With all it shall be measured unto you again. Simply put, if you put it in, you'll get it back. Can you say amen? And I'm a firm believer if you don't ever put anything in, you'll never get anything out. Are you hearing me? Now that that happens on a job site or uh, in everyday life or whatever it is that you're given time to. You know, you can give time, you can give money, uh, all of those things are avenues of giving, amen? And uh, there's always a return on that. You know, one man said to me, what do I get when I work eight hours a day? I said, well, don't you get a paycheck on at the end of the week, amen? Well, you give of your time for an employer, what do you get? You get compensated for that, ain't that right? the same way it works in the kingdom of god if you give it shall be given unto you pressed down shaken together and running over that means i'm going to get more back than i gave can you say amen how many of you know that's the kind of god we're serving he's a more than enough god can you say praise god i wrote some things down here and uh I'm just going to read them to you so I don't misquote them. Why is giving so important? It promotes happiness. You know, you give somebody a gift, it'll promote happiness, right? It also, a gift will always open up a door for you to be able to minister or to draw it'll draw you closer to other people amen if you're a giver i want to tell you something if you want a friend you show you what yourself what friendly right amen and if you give to god give to god's work i want to tell you something this stuff works hallelujah Shall so men, men will run you down to give to you. You say, Oh, it won't happen. It will happen, saints of God. It's happened to me a thousand times since I've been saved. You cannot outgive God. Amen. Try it sometime and you'll find out what I found out. Amen. When you have need of it, it'll show up. I'm here to tell you it will. Can you say praise God? Not only does it promote and draws you closer to people, but it also goes into the fund of our church to where we can minister to people, amen? And so when you show the goodness of God, what happens to those people? They shall see God, can you say amen? And they're gonna be blessed, amen. And not only that, What is the purpose of the giving? Well, the purpose is expressing gratitude, instilling gratitude. The purpose of it is why I give, because I know that my God first gave to me. Amen. God so loved it. Didn't we just come out of that where that little child was in a manger, but he ain't there no more? He grew up, and whatever he said, it'll come to pass. Can you say amen? I like some of those songs. I open your mouth, and miracles start to happen. Why? When you open your mouth and start speaking the word of God, the plan of God, the purpose of God for your life, I want to tell you, if you'll start giving time to God and start giving time to this word, you're going to get back more than you ever put in. Can you say amen? Is this okay? Giving is a characteristic of who God is and If we are godly we're gonna be givers. Amen. Say I'm a giver I'm a giver. I'm I'm looking for it to come back. Can you say man? We need to start looking for it if you're in need I found out a long time ago, back in the early days of my ministry when God was teaching me these things, I found out giving, sometimes you you give until you can't give anymore and you don't have anything to give. But I found out if you do that and just trust God, man, it comes back in truckloads. Amen. Amen pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Amen. That's the kind of increase that we're going to get when we give into the kingdom of God. Can you say amen? They're going to bring the buckets. I'm going to pray. Uh, I'm going to be short-winded tonight. Somebody said praise the Lord over here. <laughs> amen. God's a good God. Amen. Say it one more time. I'm a giver. giver. Hallelujah. And believe it in your heart. I'm a giver. giver. Thank you, Father. Today, God, Father, for all of those in the house tonight and those that are watching by live stream, God. Father, I encourage everyone to be a giver, to trust God in everything they say and do. And give a kind word, and a kind word to even come back. And, Father, I pray, God, Father, that you would touch every individual and those that do not have finances to give. God, I pray, God, to bring finances into their lives that they might be able to give. Father, and we'll give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you.
0: that only believe. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise, the praise the Lord. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand praise today. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. I, I thought I turned off on the right exit. Uh, praise God. Um, I, I love this time of the year. Um, it, it allows me to, uh, and we, we think about Jesus all the time, but you know, it's just at this time of the year, you think about, you know, his purpose and what he why he came you know he came that we would have life have it more abundantly he came that uh, to take on our sins and so we could live a, a righteous life he came so that everyone that would believe in him would have eternal life with God Amen. yeah I think about that and I say, man you know uh, such an act and, and I think about that act and I think about that was unconditional love That was unconditional love. And so I I get to thinking about that. I get to thinking about what unconditional love is. And then I start thinking about me and do I really walk in unconditional love? Do I really live that way? So I ask my wife. (laughs) I'll just say it this way, I got a lot to work on. But I, 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 I really begin to think about that because I say, Jesus lives on the inside of me. So it shouldn't be that hard for me to display, walk in unconditional love. It, it just shouldn't be that hard. So, so when I think about that, you know, and, and in this time of the year, you know, there's a lot of gift giving and and all those things, and that's great. But if I don't have a lifestyle that really shows unconditional love, I'm missing it, I'm missing it. Doesn't matter if I'm a great gift giver, or if I receive great gifts, if unconditional love is not not my foundation, then Houston, we have a problem. So when I think about the Bible, uh, we know John three sixteen. you know, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And I started thinking about that. I started thinking about Love doesn't wait, it just does. Can we say amen to that? It doesn't wait to be acknowledged. It doesn't wait for a certain set of conditions to be met. It doesn't wait till we both agree. Man, I'm up here feeling convicted, I'm just telling you. I mean, it doesn't wait. It doesn't wait to be earned, it just does. I'm thinking about God sending his only begotten son. Let me tell you something, Frank, I love you. But if you want me to send Lene, RJ, Chris, or Rigel, any of my four, to die for you, buddy, you're gonna be waiting a long time. And I mean, I love you, man, I I do, I, I do, but and act like that, and it was unconditional. You didn't have to do anything, he just did it. It doesn't wait, somebody say love doesn't wait. Now I'm not gonna tell you this to say this, but here's the question I ask myself, then why do I wait? Why do I wait before I really show unconditional love, and I'm not talking about in the easy situations. Anybody can do that, you know. If you had a wife like mine, it's easy to show her love. I get points for that? Okay, all right, all right, all right. I mean, you know, some situations it's just easy, you know. But what about those situations where it's difficult? Do I put conditions on my love being displayed? Do I limit my love, you know, until certain conditions are met? You know, until Frank votes like I vote, until he starts thinking like how I think, until we can agree, then you know what, I don't really want anything to do with him. Now, here's the thing. I know I'm just jumping right into this. Didn't build up much at all. First looking like wow, <laughs> but 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 I really had to start examining myself. Well, let me let me let me show you this, okay? So, in the Bible, uh, Romans five eight. I know you guys know this scripture, but it talks about, but God shows His love for us in that while we were yet sinners. He sent Christ. Do you know what that means? That means that while we were at odds with God, while we were enemies, while we weren't even thinking about God, we we weren't obedient to him, we weren't trying to be obedient, he made a move. And so I'm asking myself, do I live like that? Do I live like that all the time, or do I just live like that with the situations where it's easy when you got a wife like mine. Did I say that already? I did? Okay. I can say it again. I can keep saying it all night. Okay. She gave me permission. I can keep saying it all night. But Christ died for us. So unconditional love shows me that it doesn't quit. So now I'm examining myself. Does my unconditional love Have a limit. Mars, do I quit sometime? You know, I shouldn't. But do I? Do I quit? Are there certain situations where I throw in the towel? And here's God showing me, well, that's not unconditional love. Unconditional love doesn't throw in the towel. It doesn't quit. Because it's already made a decision. This is what I'm going to do. And it's not predicated upon anything else. So I find myself in this predicament. If I can't, brother Bud, if I can't love you, it's not because of anything that you've done. It's because my love meter doesn't go high enough. I'm talking about unconditional love. You know, why am I talking about this? Well, in this season, you know, we celebrate Jesus and and, and we should, we should. But now, are we really doing a self-examination? Am I really Christ-like? Am I really displaying true love? Or is my love choicy? Is my love, you know, does my love have an on and off switch? You know, is my love set on a timer? You know, oh, that's it. <laughs> but you, you had two weeks, I, it's done now, it's over with. Oh, you've had a year. John, I I just can't love, I, I, I can't give you unconditional love. And the reason why I'm going in on this is because, see, I need to really understand what unconditional love is because I'll say this, I love everybody. I'll come to church every Sunday on Wednesday and I'll say, Brother Dave, I love everybody. But here's the question. Do I desire the best for everyone? I'm just asking me, I'm asking myself, do I desire the best? Because the Bible says in John, 1 John 4, 8, it says that anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Can we say amen to that? So it's easy for me to come to church and say that I love. But if I don't desire the best for you, how is that love? If I wish you would learn a lesson so bad that it just, you know, if if I wish hurt, you know, if I, you know, if I'm not praying for you, uh, if I don't desire the best for you, then is that love? But you know what? I'll come to church every Sunday and call it love. You know? I don't see anything wrong with the lifestyle that I live. I'm coming to church. The people that are nice to me, I'm nice to them. The people that are a little difficult, you know, I'm I'm still nice to them, but them really rough people, those people that get on your last nerve, I'm talking about your reserve nerve that you've stored away someplace, the people that get on that nerve, how do I feel about them? Do I mention them in my prayers at night? The people that disagree with me on certain topics, do I wish the best for them? Do I desire the best for them? Or do I hope they get hit by a truck, not die, but get hit by a truck, get put in the hospital, and have time to rethink their position on a certain topic? might be exposing myself a little too much. You know, I, I get it. You guys don't think that way. But I've had moments, I've had moments where I'm going, mm, mm, mm. if I could punch you and get away with it, if I could knock you out and God not see it, if God could just yawn for a minute, close his eyes and stretch and I just hit you real quick and get away with it, I... I might. I don't know. We're talking about unconditional love. I know. You're going to be like, we can't have him preaching (laughs) here anymore. He wants to fight. (laughs) Disappointment. Mistreatment. Unfairness. Not getting your way. I struck a nerve with somebody. I heard it. (laughs) Not getting your way or things not going the way that they should go. You ever have that? That things should be going a certain way and they don't. Can I still display unconditional love in a situation like that? God does. He desires that none go to hell. Can we say amen to that? But how many people know people are going? So does that cause God to hold back his love? Because things aren't going the way that he desires. Because people are making choices that affect not only themselves, but the people around them. Does God decide I'm not going to operate in unconditional love. No, he doesn't. Matter of fact, the Bible says God is love. So now I'm feeling convicted because I'm going, okay, Jesus said that the Father and I are one, and if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, and and, 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 and they live here. And then I got the Holy Ghost right here with me. The Bible says that that this advocate that I have, and and another word for advocate is champion, this champion that I have right along with me, I I got God in here, and I got this champion right next to me, and I will live as if unconditional love can be optional that it can be based on situations and circumstances it can be based on what you do well you know what i'm here to confess there's times in my life when i've had unconditional love misunderstood so then i'm going well how am i really giving my all and i give my we should give our all to jesus all year long but in this time, in this season, where, you know, there's a, a, a focus that the, that the world has an opportunity to see, how can I say that I'm really being who I'm supposed to be if there's someone that I'm not displaying unconditional love to? And I'll think that I'm better than the heathens. I'll think I'm better than those that don't believe in Jesus, you know. People of other faith, Jehovah Witnesses, whatever, Islam. I'll think that I'm better than them because I go to church every Sunday. I go to Bible study. And I say that I believe in Jesus, but yet unconditional love can be shut off just like that based on what I think and how I feel. Wow. I did not know that unconditional love was so surfacy that it can be turned off based on how I think and how I feel. Something's wrong with me. Something's wrong with me. It is time that we allow unconditional love to be a continuous a continuous motion, belief, stance, foundation in our lives, no matter what is going on. Can we say amen to that? So, I'm reading the Bible, and again, I was talking about disappointments come, mistreatments come. Anybody ever been mistreated? Yeah. I've been mistreated. Now, I'm not talking about you, you know. Girl, you, hey, the Lord bless me. Am I doing well today? Mistreatment, unfairness, not getting my own way, things not going the way they should go or the way I think they should go, these things are not, and I repeat, these things are not The kryptonite to unconditional love. Do you understand that? Disappointment comes, but that doesn't mean unconditional love shuts down. Can we say amen to that? Mistreatment comes. Jesus already said, hey, let me tell you something. In this world, I love that, because he says in this world, not in the one to come. But in this world, he said, you're going to have tribulation. Frank, stuff's going to happen. Listen, man, bad things are going to happen to good people. He says, but be of good cheer. He said, because I've overcome the world. So in other words, anything that comes up against you, your solution, your response is in Jesus Christ. So then if I get mistreated... If I get overlooked, if somebody does me wrong, you probably haven't had people to do you wrong because you, like, you look like you were giving the business. <laughs> you look like you were come looking for him. You're not, I'm kidding. Brother David is one of the nicest. He's he doing something for me now. I, I want to get teary-eyed now just thinking about his acts of kindness. But I'm just telling you, these things will happen but they are not the kryptonite to unconditional love. I'm just assuming everybody knows what kryptonite is. Anybody not know? You know, Superman, you know, he'd get around kryptonite and it make him weak, for those that didn't know. But I act like that sometimes, March. I act like when disappointment comes, my unconditional love begins to weaken. When I don't get my way, unconditional love begins to weaken. When you do me wrong, I'm going to pick on Annie over here. I know she would never do anybody wrong, but, but if she does me wrong and doesn't apologize, you know, uh, 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 knows that she's wrong, but never comes to me, makes a man, that's an excuse or that's a reason for my unconditional love to just disappear. The devil is a liar. I'm here to tell you since God doesn't just love us but he is love and he lives on the inside of me, I can display unconditional love no matter what you do. And matter of fact, that is my goal because the devil your sworn enemy, the one that hates you the most, you know, the devil just really hates you. You know that, right? You know, he hates you. He's jealous of you. He would love for you to come to church, have a title in the church, be faithful, come on time, not late like me, you know, but, but come on time, you know, come faithfully every Sunday, every Wednesday, You know, have all the church etiquettes, you know, you know, conduct yourself, speak the right way, but not truly have unconditional love. Because he says, now that's the one I can use. That's the one I can use. The one that's going to harbor bitterness, unforgiveness. See, that's the one I can use, the one that looks the part but it's not really the part. That's the one I want. That's the one I'm going to use because I'm going to just so subtly destroy the witness. I'm going to taint people's view of God, of Jesus Christ through you the one that comes to church, acts the part, looks the part, believes that they are everything they should be, but can turn their unconditional love on and off just like a light switch. That's the one the devil goes, yay. Keep it up. Keep it up. Because I want people to think that's who God is. I want people to think that's what Jesus is like. And so now, because of mistreatment done to us, because of uh, disagreements, because people taking a strong stance on on life choices, on on sexual preference, that, that now my unconditional love drops, I treat them in a way that they should never be treated. And they walk away saying, see, that's why I don't go to church. Because those folks will be better accepted by some ungodly organization better than they would the church and when it happens enough people run into people people you, you, you. Now that brother Dave, he was trying to get us to go to church, but Frank, last time I was at the church, this is what they said about me. And then Frank goes, you know what? Yeah, they treated me like that too. See, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. That's why I'm not going. I'm not going either. But yet, I, as a believer, am an ambassador of Christ. What is an ambassador? You guys, you know, you watch the news and had a history lesson or two, you know. I mean, you know, ambassadors, they represent. You know, if, 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 if I, which they would not want me to do it, but if I was an ambassador to the United States, gosh, that's just scary just to say that, you know. <laughs> you know, but if I were, and I was in another country, John, they'd be looking at me. they go, that's the best? that America has to offer <laughs> Yeah, that's I don't think they're the superpower they used to be. Cuz they're looking at me. They're looking at what I say. They look at how I act because I'm speaking on behalf of America. I have eyes on me. You think it's any different being an ambassador of Christ? You think it's any different? You think they're going, oh, well, you know, <laughs> you know, we won't, you know. Brother Bud doesn't really, they're, they're going, no, he is exactly what I'm talking about. So now today, in this time, in this season, where Jesus is being celebrated, and I know he's celebrated all year long, but when we put an emphasis at this time of the year, I really want to look at myself. And ask myself this question, when people see me, do they want to come to church? Or when people see me, they say, that's why I don't go to church. I, I'm, I'm looking at me. I, I, listen, I'm just thankful that you guys are just listening to me and let me talk. But I'm looking at my lifestyle. I don't, I don't want to take for granted that I just know him. The Bible says... If I say that I know him and I don't do what he says then the Bible says I'm a liar. So I sit here I come here this is probably not the best like Christmas message (laughs) but but I come here and I say I know him but he tells me pray for my enemies he tells me bless them he tells me never return evil for evil or railing for railing, abusive criticism. He tells me if I'm abusefully criticized, I am not to do that in return. So now I got to ask myself, you know, if Brother David does something to me, do I give him the benefit of the doubt? Do I say, I forgive him do I say, he may not have even realized what he did? He, he's probably not even thinking like I am. Or do I go, he knows better. He knows what he did. And then I start telling people, Frank, come here for a second, man. Let me, let me, let me tell you what Brother David did, man. You know what that joker did to me, man? <laughs> Frank, you're not supposed to say what? <laughs> I'm teasing. But you understand, and we'll do this, coming to church every Sunday, I'm on my way to heaven anyhow, you think heaven's gonna be full of people that compromise unconditional love? Can't. Unconditional love is not, or or to compromise unconditional love is not real love. It's not genuine. Selective obedience is disobedience. At least that's the rule in my house with my kids. I don't want to embarrass any of them, well, yeah, okay. Hey, RJ, RJ's a good kid. He's back there, all the got they point at him. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not gonna to take too long in this, I'm, 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 I'm wrapping this up. But I just want to bring about this unconditional love. Sometimes unconditional love is hard to walk fully in when I don't understand the suffering part. You say, well, what what do you mean by that? Well, do you believe that Jesus walked in unconditional love? Anybody believe that? Did Jesus suffer? Oh, okay. So in his walk, in unconditional love, desiring the best for everyone, just making a decision to love, he suffered. And see, sometimes, Brother David, that's the part that I lose sight of. See, I think unconditional love is everything going my way. I'm thinking unconditional love is you agree with me, I agree with you. I think unconditional love can be displayed when you're easy to talk to. But see, Jesus said it this way. He said, God, is there another way? He said, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And he was emphasizing that your will always be done in my life. And so there was already a decision made. I'm going to obey God. I'm going to trust God. It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter if I get the car that I want. It doesn't matter if if, if things are going great for me financially. It doesn't matter how life treats you and what you have because I'm not comparing what I have to what you have. This is real simple. I do one thing. I just love, and I already made a decision to do it, and it ain't got nothing to do with you. I just do it. Can we say amen to that? So now in this time of the year, let's not be, I hate to say it, I mean, let's not be, you know, status quo, you know, Let's really be the ambassadors of Christ. Let's really be the ones that just say, listen, I just love. Brother David, my marriage got so much better when I just start loving her. You believe that? You sound like you got some experience in that. You know? <laughs> It just got so much better. I remember God telling me, he said, see, you're trying to control Now, you can justify it all you want. But you're trying to control. And he says, let me tell you one thing about love. It doesn't demand its own way. Because if it demanded its own way, then guess what? If love was controlled, then we would all be living right. Because God would just make us live right. But love, unconditional love, means that I'm patient with you in your process. Unconditional love means that you are you are entitled to make your own choices and decisions whether I agree with them or not. That doesn't mean that unconditional love now goes out the window because you're living a lifestyle that I know isn't right. I know God's not pleased with and I know to remain in that lifestyle without coming to repentance will lead you to hell. But if I really understand that, that should make me want to love you even more. Because the Bible says love covers a multitude of sin. It may be that my unconditional love towards you just one day might get your attention. Maybe that's why some people that are living in sin find themselves connecting to other things that are not God because those people just accept them. They're not trying to change them. I wonder what would happen if I just love somebody instead of trying to change them. I teach We teach my wife and I, we teach marriage classes and we say, listen, at, at, at this stage in life, the only people you need to be changing are babies. That's it. But what this does is it makes me look at, am I walking in unconditional love? You know, we serve a savior who understands. He's been tempted with every temptation, and yet he didn't sin. So you know what? My answer lies in him. Can we say amen to that? So anything that I do, Mars should not be apart from him. If I really want to walk in unconditional love, if I really want to have the lifestyle that God has called me to live, then I have to do it through Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, the word says that we live right. We have righteousness through Jesus Christ. So how is me being mean, nasty, not patient with you, unforgiving, bitter, criticizing you? How? Why would I think I'm going to end up in heaven? It's amazing how when we get off the track, man, just a little bit, if left unchecked, we'll find ourselves redefining what salvation is. See, because I think salvation is, I can treat you, you know, harshly. I can treat you in an unloving way because of that level of sin you're in. Where is that in the Bible? It's not. It's not. So, he says this. Jesus says, and and, and I'm done, Jesus says in in Matthew 16, 24, he says, if anyone wants to come after me, he's got to deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So, that means that it's not about what I think and how I feel. It's not about that. That is not the final decision making on anything. Can we say amen to that? Amen. It's, it's Christ and in, in, in the word. That's my final decision maker. Then he says this, take up his cross. Do you know what that means? That means to be a disciple of Jesus, to walk in unconditional love, I have to be willing to suffer. I have to be willing to suffer to the point of death, if need be, if I want to follow Jesus Christ. Well, let me be honest, there's been times in my life that, you know what, that was not my definition of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. My definition was if I see wrong in your life, I let you know about it. I tell you about it. I don't wait on the Holy Ghost. I just pull you to the side. I I have no tactfulness about me. I have not even built a rapport with you yet. I just pull you to the side, tell you you're going to hell, tell you why, and expect you to conform to that. Who wants to be around people like that? Every time they see you, they tell you what you're doing wrong. I don't want to be around people like that. I might be struggling and broken on the inside anyway. Maybe I know what I'm doing is wrong and maybe I just don't know how to get out of it. And the last thing I need is for you and come to remind me how much of a failure I am. But I got my Bible. I got some holy, some holy oil, and I throw it on you. Praise the Lord, like I'm going to heaven. Jesus will be talking to those people, going, "Depart from me. I never knew you. Amen. I cast out devils in your name. Depart by." I don't want to be that, Frank. I don't want to be that. And I don't want to encourage anybody else to be that. I don't want want someone to see that and think, that's how you do it. I don't want the kids in my household to see that and think, that's how you do it. I don't want that. I want them to see a compassion in me that they just go, man, I, I need Jesus. That's the only way I can walk in that level of compassion. I need Jesus. I can't do that. And then I can tell them, I can't do it either without him. So, as we enjoy this season and all that it brings, let let us understand that unconditional love is not something that comes and goes. It's not something that's determined by convenience. It's not something that, that has a doorway when everything is going relatively well for me. It is just who I am. It's on the inside of me. Because Christ is on the inside of me. Can we say amen to that? So let's be those type of people. I encourage you, search yourself. You know, it's amazing how corporate America has this figured out, and the church struggles with it. You know, most of the time, corporate America, typically toward the end of the year, they start doing evaluations, you know, and they, they're even smart about it now. They give you the evaluation. Have you fill it out, you know, and then they come back and go over it with you. They look at what you did over the course of the year, what you did well, what can you improve on, what did you not do well at? Would be to God that as a believer, I would search myself, as the Bible says, and do an ev- evaluation of myself. How well did I love people? How well did I display compassion and acts of kindness? How good of a job did I do with difficult people? How many people on the opposite side of the political aisle that I pray for, do I bless? How many people that live different lifestyles from me? The man that comes into the store dressed as a woman. Have I ever said a kind word to him? Or do I feel like that's condoning what he does? Are you kidding me? then how did Jesus ever approach the woman at the well? Come on, we just need to think about what we're thinking about. You know, am I showing compassion and unconditional love or am I judging people without love being present? So therefore it's easy for me to not do what Christ says I should do because I'm not denying myself. I'm actually denying him. And when I begin to deny him by not keeping his commandments, then the things of God seem foreign to me, and it's easy to justify my denial of obeying it. Because, see, I've already got in my heart how I feel about you. And since I've already made it in my heart, it's going to come out in my actions. It's going to come out of this mouth. And when God goes to say, well, I want you to bless them. No. Look at how they live. Look at what they do. I want you to go to them and and, 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 and invite them out to dinner. No, that can't be God. But I saw Jesus breaking bread with sinners all the time. Just something to think about. I know. Merry Christmas. <laughs> This church, this atmosphere is the kind of atmosphere we can have talks like this. And nobody walk away offended, but we walk away saying, let me search myself. Let me not just assume that I got it all right. Let me spend time in prayer. Let me spend time in my word to see, am I conducting myself as an ambassador of Christ? Can we say amen to that? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you for these moments just to kind of have family time and just to talk. Not any big eyes or little youths, but just us as family, just asking the question, are we serving you as best we can? The answer is in your word. All we need to do is follow your word, be willing to trust and obey you. So, God, today, touch our hearts, touch our minds. If there's any area in our life where unconditional love has a limit, has an on and off switch, reveal it to us. Maybe we don't see it. Maybe we've grown up this way thinking that that's okay to do. But God, I thank you that you won't leave us ignorant. God, I thank you that as we open up our hearts and our lives to you, you'll expose it. And we have nothing to be ashamed of because we want to be right. We want to see heaven, and we want heaven as our final place of eternity. So God, just touch the hearts the minds of everyone here that I speak into the atmosphere of the homes that are represented here and on live stream. And God, I just speak, Father, right now that truth, honesty, compassion, love, I just see the atmosphere with those things, God. And I thank you, God, we're not afraid to be corrected. We're not, inf- we're not afraid. We're not afraid that things that shouldn't be there get exposed, because we want to be right with you. And I thank you that this is the kind of church that we have here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand praise today. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen, thank you guys and we will see you on Sunday. Have a great Great week. God bless.